everyone. Um, Claudia Tarico here with Demand Gen Report, and I'm sitting down with Jay Bear at Uber Flips Connex in Toronto. Jay, how's it going? Claudia, I'm living the dream. Thank you for being you here. You really are, and you can't really see him right now, but he looks awesome and like the coolest suit ever. I'm gonna have to take a picture of you, show show it to my husband, so he could take some notes. <laughs> make that happen. Um, great. So, just you know, want to chat a little bit about you know content. Obviously, yep. we're at Connex. Um, what are you know? What are some current challenges? I feel like plaguing is a terrible word to use, but hmm. plaguing content marketers today. <laughs> There's a, a number of challenges, and they're different than they were a couple years ago, right? So now it's not so much can we make enough content. I feel like a lot of people have sort of licked that issue, right? That they've They've got the opportunity or the ability to create content at scale. The problem now is random acts of content. Mm. People are just making stuff because they feel like they should be making stuff. And they're saying, well, let's just make stuff for every step of the buyer's journey. Or let's make everything for every persona and every funnel stage. And that makes sense in theory, but it's still just a collection of one-offs, right? There's nothing right. that holds it together. So I think that's the one problem is, is that there's not really enough... Um, sort of content marketing strategy, if you will. What we would call, to convert my firm, we would call shows, right? Mm -hmm. So there's too much content, not enough shows. Okay. Where you're saying, okay, every Tuesday we do this thing, right? Every Wednesday we do this thing. Every Thursday we do this thing. There's not enough of that. Uh, what we always say is, is every brand now needs to think like a TV network, mm -hmm. right? That, that you know, you have programming that happens every week. People know that that program is coming. They can look forward to it. They can tune in, make sure editorial calendar a lot easier. Etc. So that's one issue. I think the other issue is, and we talk about it a lot here at Connex, is what, what Uberflip would call the content experience, which mm -hmm. is really about merchandising your content better. See, right now, a lot of content fails, not because it's not good content, but just people don't know about it. It's like if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody here to see your blog post, did the blog post get written? So we just... I'd say content amplification discovery is a real problem now because it's all around us and, and consumers largely just tune it out. Cool. Um, and I know sales and marketing alignment is always a, you know, a key challenge, an yes. issue. You know, what advice would you give marketers looking to better align with sales and use content marketing to, and yeah. content in general to kind of fuel that? Uh, part of it is just a pure relationship play, mm -hmm. right? What we always tell our clients in B2B is if you don't have somebody from sales in every marketing meeting and you don't have somebody from marketing in every sales meeting, if you're not doing regular desk side briefings, if you're not doing ride-alongs where marketers actually sit with sales folks while they're making calls, etc., you just don't have the cultural bridges necessary to really see both sides of, of the street. Because here's the thing, right? If you had been in prison for 40 years or you just like showed up from another planet or whatever or you're came thawed out, out under the rock yeah thawed <laughs> out from an iceberg you just sort of showed up and and you sort of so tell me again how companies are organized and so i said well there's one group that's called marketing right and they sort of create interest and there's another group called sales and they take that interest and turn it into revenue and you'd say, well, so that's the same group, right? Like, no, they're totally separate. They have different leaders and different budgets and sometimes different metrics. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, right? When you, when you get some distance on it, the fact that there is a marketing department and then a separate sales department doesn't make it stupid. Like, it, it's super mm -hmm. inefficient. 
doesn't make any sense. And so increasingly, even though it will probably continue to be separate departments, we have to operate as much as possible as if they were the same department. And that's both culturally, operationally, and from a metric standpoint, what drives me insane is so many marketers don't have full visibility into metrics, right? It's like, well, we know what MQLs are, maybe we know what the SQLs are, but we don't get full visibility all the way through the sales process. And so that makes it really hard for marketers to know what marketing is truly effective if they don't have visibility all the way through to the end. Mm -hmm. Great point. Um, what about personalization? It's obviously a hot topic. Um, what are some ways that marketers and even sales teams can personalize experiences and engage with audiences? I mean, certainly personalization is important, but to some degree, it's a means to an end, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody really thinks, gee, I wish that was personalized. What they really want is relevancy, right? So every marketer in the world tells themselves the same lie. And the lie that we all tell ourselves is that our audience is just too busy. They're too busy to read the blog. They're too busy to tune into the webinar. They're too busy to watch the video. They're too busy to come to the conference. It's not true. It's all bullshit. It's not about time. When a prospect tells you that they are quote unquote too busy, what they really mean, but will not say, is that what you have offered them is not relevant enough. Mm. And I know this to be true because when you give a prospect the information they need at the time they need it in the format they prefer, the time necessary to consume that information, no way, magically appears. Mm -hmm. Magically, right? So. All personalization is, is the easiest way to add relevancy. There's a few different ways to do that. Some of it is by inferred interests, right? So we know you clicked on this, therefore we should send you a different email, a different blog post, a different podcast episode. Uh, some of it is, is geo-based, some of it's by industry. Uh, one of the things I love about Uberflip is that you can very easily change how you handle personalization in, in your Uberflip instance, which is a really great way to increase consumption of content without necessarily having to go out and make 82 different versions of the content. It's more how is that content merchandised. So the personalization becomes more based on the organization of the content, mm -hmm. more so than the content itself. Very interesting. Similar to basically the framework work that yep. Randy presented right. this morning. Yep. Absolutely. Um, social media, obviously, one of my favorites ever. How how is it? You know, how has it evolved to really kind of help marketers better deliver engagement? Are there like I know there's like a ton of new capabilities, yep. IGTV, all this stuff. Sure. What are you seeing in that space? And well, we talked a minute ago about this idea of content shows, mm -hmm. right? like a TV network. So you've got. A podcast, you've got an interview series, you've got a webinar series, you've got an ebook series, what have you. Around each of those shows, you have commercials. And those commercials are, are like a trailer, like a short form version of that show. And in many cases, those commercials are deployed in social. Mm -hmm. So social becomes, in many cases, an amplification layer for your shows, right? So let's have a podcast, but for each podcast episode, we have an Instagram story about the recording of that show. Right? So that's kind of how, mm -hmm. how they work together, especially in B2B where it's, it's unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely that any individual social media asset is going to be rich enough, persuasive enough, deep enough to be like, oh, let me give you my money. Right. Right? It's, it's more the tip of the spear. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the same way that we are, are sort of flummoxed right now by random acts of content, 
we are perhaps even more flummoxed in B2B by random acts of social media. So mm-hmm. it's the same idea, like, okay, what is our social media editorial calendar? And how does that editorial calendar serve the needs of our larger content temples? That's, that's, the, that's the trick right now, is, to, is have everybody pulling on the same rope. Cool. Um, video, obviously, another big Huge. channel. Huge. Both B2B and B2C, yep. you know, are, there, are you seeing any new trends in video? Shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh, Vidyard just came out with new research again this year uh, on the state of B2B video. And every year I think, oh, there's no way the average B2B video can get shorter and shorter again. Uh, and if you look at the, the consumption graphs, it's staggering what an impact video length has on, on consumption. Uh, it, it is it is extraordinary. So every time you think we should do a six minute video, it's like now you should do a two minute video, mm-hmm. and, and you're better off doing three two minute videos than one six minute video. Right. So, and that is a bit of a creative challenge in some cases. And then obviously live video, whether it's uh, Facebook Live, IGTV, LinkedIn Live, which may or may not be a thing that happens, um, Periscope, etc. I've been hearing you know. a lot about LinkedIn videos. LinkedIn video. Really... LinkedIn video is extraordinary. I mean, yeah. uh, actually, uh, Randy, uh, the CMO at Uberflip, does a consistent. LinkedIn video program mm-hmm. every day, and it's remarkably uh, strong and super successful. It 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 delivers for the kind of content that that your readers and listeners would logically pr- produce. What I'm seeing is LinkedIn video is outperforming Facebook video substantially for the exact same clip. So something to think about. Awesome. All right, um, some fun questions for you. Okay, you ready? Right. Sure. Okay. Maybe. Um, well, you know, content is all about, you know, everybody wants, you know, to binge on content or they want you to binge their content. Yes. What are you binging on TV right now? Mm, good question. So I was at an event, it was six weeks ago or so, and a friend of mine told me about the show Billions, which I had not mm-hmm. been familiar with uh, before. And so I'm fully binging on Billions right now, which is on Showtime. Uh, and so I've been downloading those and watching them on planes. And it's spectacular. It's all about uh, the financial markets and, and the judicial system in New York. And it's really a show about power. And it's really fascinating. My, my dad is a financial planner. So I'm like a kid who had life insurance and I was like four. So, <laughs> so there's some parts of that show that are kind of funny. So. Yeah. And we actually started watching that show. But it, it, it ta- you know, if you're not familiar with you know, the lingo yeah. and like really the, yeah. the space, it, it's yeah. hard to follow. It's, it's but eventually it's it gets really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, quick lightning round. Okay. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dogs or cats? Well, I, I have both, uh, but I would certainly choose dogs. You know, I, I have a cat, but the thing about cats is they're not ownable in the same way that dogs are, right? So there are, or fish or birds. I think the better way to say it is I live in a home where a cat also lives. You know what I mean? It's like they're just yeah. like a house guest. Yeah, same. I, I definitely agree. And they're so much easier. You could just leave them home for yeah, a Yeah, they, they don't seem to care. <laughs> yeah, that, that part <laughs> yeah. um, Instagram or Twitter? Let's, uh, you know, that, that's a, a trickier question than you might think. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for business, Twitter, for, for personal, Instagram. Cool. Uh, static content or interactive content? Well, ideally, interactive content. And there's right. no, I mean, there's no question about that. The same way that, that uh, a presentation, uh, a speech, an MC gig like I'm doing here should be at some level of performance, ideally, all content should be interactive, right? I mean, so if you had your druthers, if you had your choice as a consumer of content, 
you would want every piece of content you ever encounter to be interactive in some way because it's just that much more interesting and engaging. That's why you're already seeing on like Instagram stories the, the great success of the poll feature mm-hmm. and things like that, right? It's just it's a little, it's just a tiny little way to make it more engaging. So uh, you look at companies like Snap App, etc. If if you had the choice and the budget and the time, you should say every single piece of content we produce has an interactive layer. Now, in the real world, um, that's not possible right? right so but i would always choose interactive for sure cool uh videos or podcasts for me podcasts um because and not only do i produce a podcast social pros which uh, we're in episode 340 oh, of wow. that show eight and a half years uh and then we also produce a number of shows uh in addition to my show including connex which is the show that randy from uber flip co-hosts with anna harak from so you've been doing podcasts before they were cool for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I started, uh, I started our show in 2010, I think, something like that, 11. So a long time ago. Um, but here's why. Podcasts are the only multitaskable medium. So I can and do, as do many people, listen to podcasts in the car or at the gym or while using a snowblower or a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. You can't really watch a video while using a lawnmower. At least you definitely should not. So the listening efficiency of podcasts is unmatched by any other type of content. And with the rise of smart speakers, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, etc., you're going to see that even more, right? Because I can just say, hey, you know, Google, play social pros from Jay Bear. If I want to do that through a video, it's a whole different level of, of, of access. So personally, I prefer podcasts. But some of that may be generational as well. I mean, my mm-hmm. kids who are uh, in their teens, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all video all the time for them. You know, like my son said the other day, he's like, well, why do I need to go to college? Everything I need to know, I can learn on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought was, holy shit. And the second thing I thought was, he's not 100% wrong. Yeah, but right? YouTube won't give you a diploma. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Not, not yet. I mean, that's a yeah. new, probably a new Google feature that will roll out. <laughs> All right, last one, Netflix or Hulu? Netflix for me, uh, I like Hulu as well, but Netflix's stable of uh, original programming is so deep now. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. a, it is a tsunami of of content. Uh, And it's remarkable, like Billions, which is not on on Netflix, but that kind of show, which I really love, I didn't even know about it. Like there's one I'm watching now that somebody recommended to me uh, called Schitt's Creek, which is Mm -hmm. hilarious, it's Eugene Levy. Uh, is the creator of that show. And, you know, that's just like one of dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of Netflix shows. So if you can't find something to watch on Netflix, you are an exceptionally picky person. That's for sure. Jay, that's all I got for you. Thank Thank you you so much. It was fantastic. Thanks for being here. Thank you.